So Black Friday is here. Every single year, it's the first Monday after the final week of the season. You get to see what coaches are gone and which coaches are going to stick around. And this week, or this year, I should say, it's pretty anticlimactic, which I got to say is a little bit disappointing after a crazy-ass 2020, which is now in the rearview mirror. Uh, I personally today am just now starting my dry January. Um, but I know a bunch of people across, well, actually only two people right now that probably aren't doing dry January. And those two people are Doug Marone and Mr. Lynn from the Chargers. who are both canned today. Yep. So, Derek, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, we've, we've talked about it a lot about, especially the Chargers. We didn't, I didn't think the Chargers were going to have the balls to do it. Um, the, the Chargers went on a little run there at the end and, Sure enough, though, they, they, they did it. So you got to give it up to them. What, what do you think about that? I mean, we, we've talked about this. That was absolutely the right move. Um, now, did I think they were going to do it? No, I didn't. I thought the Chargers were going to stick with Lynn and, and just kind of be mediocre again next year. Um, but they have all the pieces. I, mean, I think it's the most attractive job that's out there. Um, all the pieces are in place to be successful, to make the playoffs. I, I think you bring in a new coach and, and you really expect to make the playoffs year one. Right. Um, no way around that. And it's it's absolutely the right move. Don't get fooled by that, that you know, last ditch effort to put together some wins. Um, they lost too many close games. And it really comes down to, in a lot of cases, just terrible clock management, terrible situational awareness, um, just f- some coaching fundamentals. Yep. Yeah, he he's a great coordinator. Um, he's actually a great guy. I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks at all. Um yeah, really kind of, I think me and a lot of other people, uh, there's two coaches that were featured in Hard Knocks this year, uh, Anthony Lynn and, of course, the great Sean McVay. Um, and you both kind of, you fell in love with them both in different ways. You, you could tell uh, Lynn was very much a player's coach, uh, but he got kind of awkward at times. Uh, his firings were, were just a little bit odd. I don't, I don't really even know how to describe it on, on Hard Knocks. Um, yeah. But you, you could definitely tell, I could see his appeal. But during the season, I mean, he just completely muffed so many games. Clock management, like you said. But it wasn't just clock management, man. They're just losing all these close games. Um, And he just couldn't put it together on a great team. His quarterback just broke the touchdown record, you know? Right, yeah. To me, you got to make the playoffs under those circumstances. Um, I mean, I I know that they're in a tough division. They just lost so many close bad games, including the Chiefs, I think twice. So yeah. I mean, if he if he, if he just wins one of those Chiefs games, he's probably still the coach. So I, I'm a I'm obviously you know a Patriots fan, and I definitely subscribe to the Bill Belichick concept that most games come down to a handful of key situations, high leverage plays, and the one thing that the Patriots have done for two decades has been extremely prepared for those situations, um, even things that necessarily aren't the obvious or, or some random you know things that they've installed in the offseason that come to to light during the course of the game the chargers lost every one of those leverage situations right and that's the difference between winning and losing the nfl absolutely yep he just didn't have it and you know maybe he can go coach another team and come back and be a better head coach but i don't think so i just think some guys are cut out to be head coach and some people aren't and there's nothing wrong with that you know and it's fit and it's opportunity. I mean, Pete Carroll was atrocious his first run. Right. Um, some some guys, you know, it, it takes some 
some evolution and, and maybe just the right situation. Maybe the, the personnel wasn't a great fit for him. Maybe he comes and gets another try and it's a better fit. And there's, there's other guys that just, they no matter what they can do, they just aren't head coaches. Uh, North, yep. Turner, North Turner comes to mind, ironically, also was with the Chargers for several years. Um, North Turner, to me, he, he I mean, he wasn't even a great coordinator. I think North Turner is actually one of the most overrated coaches in NFL history, but he was a train wreck as yep. a head coach, just embarrassingly bad. Um, and until, I mean, a guy like Josh McDaniel, until he proves otherwise, uh, amazing coordinator, elite coordinator, but fell flat on his face as a, as a head, court, head coach. Yeah, McDaniels, I kind of, I, I really want to see him again because let's face I it, too. I think he was like the second youngest head coach ever. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's been, I think he beat out actually Gruden, um, and then he's already been beaten again by McVay, but there was some immaturity. You know, he, he believed in Tebow in the draft, nobody else did. Um, I think that created a lot of schisms. I, I really want to see McDaniel, and on, that's kind of funny. You don't really hear much about McDaniel out, out there in, in terms of these head coach vacancies. No, I, I think the with what happened in Indianapolis, kind of that, that, you know, they were reporting that he took the job and then he kind of backed out of it. I think there, I still think there was some kind of backroom deal where he's the heir apparent in New England. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense yeah. because you, you can't burn your reputation, burn bridges to your point. Like he's not even being considered right now. And there are guys that I've literally never heard of. that are being con- linked to some of these jobs. Um, and his name isn't being mentioned. Sure. We'll get back to the charges in a second. Uh, so there's only really two firings today. Marone um, with Jacksonville and then obviously uh, Lynn. But uh, across the league, there are currently six head coaching positions that are open. Um, a lot of these were a long time coming. Bill O'Brien, uh, obviously the guy we love to just make fun of, Adam Gase. I mean, that guy's just been comedy gold all year long. Um, and then, of course, uh, Nat uh, uh Dan Quinn with the Falcons. And then uh, I'm spacing on his name as I always do with the Lions. Uh, Patricia, Patricia. Matt Patricia. Yeah. So in my opinion, that entire group, bunch of trash head coaches that got removed. Um, so I, if you're that, if you're those franchises, I feel like you got to be excited about that. Yeah. And I think uh, another guy that kind of falls in that, that group that we just talked about, I think Dan Quinn makes a great coordinator. Yeah. Um, I, I think he'll find a coordinator job soon. And I think maybe, you know, some team will probably make the mistake of giving him a head co- coaching job again, you know, eight years from now. Um, but nothing, all those teams should be better off. I, I can't imagine they'll be in a worse spot. Yeah. I mean, he, Dan Quinn, the funniest thing about Dan Quinn, and, you know, we talked about that for years. We called that like the beginning of 2019. We've been talking about that. That guy should have been fired the year directly after the Super Bowl. Like, and I, I feel like across the NFL, these teams, if you make the Super Bowl or for, if you win the Super Bowl, sometimes it is a fluke, and especially making the Super Bowl. There aren't a lot of flukes that win the Super Bowl. I think Doug Peterson is one of them. But these yeah. teams hold on to these guys for way too long. I think we're already seeing it with Philly. Um, The fact that Peterson isn't even being talked about on the hot seat is kind of amazing to me, especially after what happened. I mean, I don't even think what happened yesterday even happens uh, if he was on the hot seat, but... Um, it's just bizarre. Uh, and Dan Quinn, long time coming. But as I look at all six of these positions, every single one of these guys deserve to be fired 100%. No doubt. Yep. 100%. So uh, with those six positions, you got the Texans, you got the Chargers, you got the Jets, you got the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Falcons. Um, let's just talk about it. What, what's the best job out of all those? To me, it's, it's, it's by a large margin the Chargers job. 
Um, you have a stud running back that fits today's game in Austin Eckler. You have the quarterback. I mean, I've been a Herbert guy since day one. I, I think that he's the real deal. Um, and you have a young stud quarterback. You have the receiving core. Keenan Allen is a bona fide wide receiver. Uh, and then on the defensive side, if Derwin James stays healthy, you have an elite playmaker on the back end. Um, that's just a really attractive job. They don't, they didn't lose a bunch of draft capital to build the team they have. So they're sitting in a position where uh, a coach can really still shape his roster. Um, I think that's hands down the best job. The only knock to that job is he had to play Patrick Mahomes twice. Yeah. And and it is a huge knock to be honest, but if you have Herbert, you got to feel good about it. Yeah. Um, everything you said, 100% agree. I definitely go chargers. Number one. Um, and I, I also believe it's, it's not even close because we talk about it a lot. The one thing that you need is a quarterback. And we know that they got their quarterback. The guy just broke the rookie record. Um, he's going to win rookie of the year. Uh, he looks just like everything just looks great about this guy. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Keenan Allen, they got him locked up for several years. Um, so Keenan Allen's still in his prime. You got Derwin James, I think, still a couple more years, including his fifth-year option on his rookie deal. Uh, so they got a bunch of stud pieces, and they're already locked up, so you don't even have to worry about them going forward. And we didn't even mention Bosa. I mean, you have a, a elite, you know, an elite pass rusher. Like that team has everything you need to be successful. Who's also locked up for a long term deal. So I mean, that, that that team just screams just excellent. So I don't think there's really any, any debate at number one, but at number two, who you got? So for me, number two is is Jacksonville, and I think they just jumped past the Jets and just on the. Uh, fact that they have the number one overall pick. So they have the you know, draft capital. They have some pieces. Um, the wide receiver core is pretty good. They have some defensive pieces that are nice. I, I'm a big Miles Jack guy. Um, they have some pieces, but again, it's the draft capital. It, right. it's, it's the ability to go out and shape your roster. And if you're bringing in a new coach, you have to bring in a coach who's confident that with those draft picks, he can build a, a competitive roster. Yep. See, I know this is controversial and we we've talked about it a lot, but, uh, for me, and I know it's crazy, this just shows how much I just believe and am in love with Deshaun Watson, but I'm going to go Texans number two just because I think you can kind of grit your way through the draft. Now, the, the biggest knock, the biggest knock on the Texans is they lost all their draft capital. Um, they don't have their first-round pick. The Dolphins have that pick next year. Uh, so they, they, ha- they don't have that. But the guy they do have is they have their quarterback. We know he's good now. Trevor Lawrence, yeah, we expect him to be good. Is he is he a guarantee? No, nobody's a guarantee in the NFL. Is he as That's close fair. to a guarantee as we've ever seen? Possibly. Um, I mean, yeah. a lot of people compare him to Andrew Luck, just in his you know just guaranteed bona fide stud. But a lot of people thought that about Jared Goff. Um, a lot of people have thought that about other first round picks. Or a lot of people that are high on Baker Mayfield. He Baker Mayfield is is certainly serviceable. But to me. We already know that Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in this league. I think the rest you can figure out. They're screwed for a long time in, in many ways. Draft capital, everything. But for me, I'm taking the Texans at number two just because you have Deshaun Watson. And so whatever else you do, you just got to try and build a team around him. And I think like a guy like Bill Belichick could certainly do that. I mean, Bill, look, look how screwed the, the Patriots are. You know, if you gave him Deshaun Watson, immediate next year, he's a contender. And so I think yeah. if they bring in the right coach, they could do it next year if possible. I, I think it'll take a couple of years, but yeah, that, that's a job I'm taking at number two. I see, I think the Colts are a quarterback away uh, from really owning that division for a long time. Right. Because 
as far as you look around the NFL, they have one of the most complete rosters in the entire league. Uh, they're just really, really bad at the most important position. So they bring in a bona fide, you know, even if it's a, it's a plug and play, if if it's a it's a Matt Stafford, if it's a some kind of veteran rental until they find their guy in the draft. Um, that's a scary team to play against, and they just have so many holes. They don't have a, their best running back on the roster is Duke Johnson, which is he should be your third running back. Yeah. Um. So they they're really weak on the offensive playmaker side, offensive playmaking side. Um. Even Fuller, who's probably their their best weapon, is injury prone. They don't have much of the tight end position. Their offensive line, even though they gave up two first rounders for a left tackle, the rest of that line is not good. Yep. Um, and then on defense, I wouldn't want to inherit JJ Watt's contract because he doesn't play enough games to to warrant that. He's a great guy, great ambassador for the city, one of the best human beings on the planet. Uh, but just a liability and not worth the contract that he's currently on. Uh, so for me, if you're the head coach, you have to be confident in yourself and know that, hey, if I'm taking Fields or Lawrence, so those top two picks, Jaguars, Jets, you have to be confident enough that you can shape the team in the draft and, and go be better than what the Texans' ceiling is. Sure, and to be honest, uh, I'll just start with my number three. I'm definitely going Jaguars. To me, it was it was 2A and 2B. Um, really, really close. I get all the arguments for the Jaguars. I just think that the quarterback, like you were saying, the Colts are a quarterback away. But who's that quarterback? That's the problem with this league. Sure. You know, they, I, I think a lot of people thought that Phillip Rivers was the answer. I never did. You never did. But a lot of people did. And maybe some, some there's going to be a lot of people out there that think that Jameis Winston could be the answer next year. Or you know maybe they do make the trade for Stafford or Wentz. But there's a lot of maybes there. Uh, that that's why I got to go for the guarantee. But yeah, the Jaguars, man. I mean, you you got especially with Fields looking as just ridiculous as he did last week. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those picks. You definitely go Lawrence still, um, especially because he's his home ter- town is kind of close. Um, but yeah, I I I love both those situations to be honest. Yep. So my number three is, is the Jets, kind of the reverse because I have the Texans at, at four. Right. Uh, so I think we're kind of you know just make, jumbled up in this this area here. Um, for the Jets, they kind of have a unique situation because I think Sam Bradford still could be the guy. Uh, Sam so Darnold. do they? What's that? Sam Darnold. Oh, Darnold. I said Bradford. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not doing anything. Sam Darnold, I think, still could be the guy. Yeah. Um, and so they put them in a situation where if they find a trade partner who really falls in love with Fields, um. Or if they like the, the guy out of BYU, and, and for whatever reason he has a strong you know, combine and he jumps up the board, if they find a trade partner, they could fix pretty much all of their holes um, if they trade back. So it's kind of a wrinkle there. I like their position uh, a lot there, as long as they can find a trade partner. I don't like their position if they're forced to take fields at two. I think that causes a lot of problems for them. Yeah. Uh, as far as having controversy, do, do they move Arnold? What do they do there? Um, but again having the ability to, to, to really shape a roster as a new coach, I think is important for sure. Uh, and it really depends on, on who you like. If you like Sam Darnold, um, then absolutely. I think jets are an, an easy answer there. I personally don't like Sam Darnold. I think, it, I think it's going to be a really interesting choice for them. Do you go with Justin Fields to me? <laughs> I don't know, man. They, they squander a lot of talent. Fields seems like one of those great talents that could be squandered with the jets. I do agree with you. I think you stick with Sam Darnold and trade down. But the problem is, I don't think you can go for the BYU quarterback. I think if you're going to stick with Darnold, you got to stick with Darnold. You can't all of a sudden just draft a guy, you know, later in the first round, like a Jordan Love or you know, like like Hurts. No, you you can't. It if, if you're issues. trading back, it's because you have to go get a, a tackle. You, have, I mean, they exactly. have Beckton, so they don't need a left tackle. Yep. But you have to go, you know, trade back in the end of the first round where you can take a guard 
or you can take a wide receiver or you can take some of those other value positions that you just can't take in the first 15 picks. Um, I, I think that's something that they could do there. And, and then there's always the option of taking staying at number two, taking fields and then moving Darnold because we mentioned all these teams that are quarterback away. I, I think you could get a decent return for Darnold with, with the amount of control they have over. I think, I think he's still under contract for the next two years. Yeah. So th- there's enough control there that he might be attractive for Indianapolis or, or, or he could reunite with Juju in Pittsburgh. Like there's some options there. Yep. So you're going jets at four. See, I'm going to throw you. Jets at, no, I have jets at three Texans at four. Oh, Texans at four. Okay. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I'm 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 uh, I got uh, uh, Chargers and then um, Houston and then the Jaguars and then at number four I'm gonna throw curveball and I'm going with the Lions and I know it's ridiculous but the Lions have they have within that that scope where they can get one of these quarterbacks in this draft um, and I don't know what it is but they have Matt Matt Stafford and I kind of like keeping Matt Stafford with who they have under contract and then drafting your next guy. And it's going to be one of the more unpolished guys, but they do have one of the top picks in the draft. I don't know if, if, if you're a good, you know, offensive coordinator, or offensive mind, and I still love Stafford. So come in, you, you got your pick. You can, you can roll the dice in the draft and you get your quarterback. So you kind of have your cake and eat it too. Um, and I just don't bl- believe in Darnold. And I think that the only choice really is to keep Darnold uh, because I think Fields is, is going to be somewhat of a toss-up. But, yeah, man, I, th- I think it's so tough, man. With, with, with the Jets, you have to either go all in on Darnold, like you said, or you go with Fields. And I just don't – I don't – I just feel uncomfortable either way, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy situation. Not a great market. I mean, Miami is here to stay. Uh, the Bills look like they're going to be good. You, got, you have to think New England bounces back. Like, that's not – necessarily a great situation with everything else kind of the noise around them right um so i i could see that list as well i had the lines next at fit at five right um uh, I, I think by far the falcons is the worst job yep um you you inherit a matt ryan problem where the, the ownership is very loyal to matt ryan yep. and he is a replacement level quarterback um they don't really have a lot as far as an identity around that julio jones is on his way out ridley's really really a strong player, but I don't know if he has the size and physicality to be a true number one. Uh, I think he put some of those, those jam press corners on him or bracket him up and he might have a hard time creating his own space, uh, catching the ball. I don't know. If, I don't think he's necessarily a huge catch radius. I think he's a really good catch and run guy, uh, but he's not going to go up and high point it like a Julio, like a Hopkins, like some of those elite guys that really make their own space with the catch radius. Yeah, I totally agree. Falcon Falcons definitely dead last because name a great, guy in that roster that you really 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 like there's really nobody i, I besides Rid- like ridley's like it yeah ridley's it they don't have a great tight end their offensive they, line think, is okay yeah they have a linebacker I, I, i'm blanking on his name but i like him i think it's like 40 i think number 45 i think but again i don't even know his name yeah uh, exactly. so that's that's the problem <laughs> and, they, and they they cut tack mckinley this year um, like that's, that's, that's crazy to me in itself. Like they, you just cut one of your best, you know, first round picks from just a couple of years ago. That, that, that job is a dumpster fire. And then you just inherit the stank of being the Falcons. Like every single game, when you go up, all of a sudden there's a thousand memes being made about how you're going to blow it. And that's terrible, man. It's going to, it's, they, they have a stank on them like the lions Except for, I think with the Lions, they don't have any of those, you know, twenty-eight and three things. The Lions just suck, 
And so, especially if you're like a new head coach, that job's appealing to me just because you have very low expectations. And I, th- I think one low expectations two, you know, that, that, that ownership group is overly loyal to people. Right. Um, and, and three, what's the NFC South look like in two years? Yeah. I, I think that a lot of the, the saints have are at the end of their run. Um, the bucks, unless they find a quarterback fast are going to be at the end, end of their run because Brady is <laughs> any, any year now is, is the end of it. I mean, right. he's playing great for 43, but he's, you just father time is undefeated. Sure. Um, so I, I think that division is kind of wide open if if you kind of take your time and build it the right way, um, and that's the that's the one ownership group that I really have confidence that will let you build it the right way. Right. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about some rumors because uh, hot off the presses, the Chargers may already be interested in a guy. Uh, we already know the Jaguars are interested in a guy, and we'll talk about that in a second. But my God. So we pat the Chargers on the back for doing what we all think they should have done in firing Anthony Lynn. And then who is next up? Jason Garrett. Is there a worse possible pendulum swing from being happy and proud of an organization for doing the right thing and then swinging back and doing the absolute worst thing? They are the same guy, really. They're both players, coaches. They they can't win big games. Uh, they, they, they can't finish games. They blow leads. Like... What are you doing, Chargers? It's just so Chargers, man. It's so Chargers. So the Chargers have officially requested an interview with Jason Garrett, another laughing stock in the league, um, and I think even more so than Lynn. And yes, it was because he was a coach of the Cowboys, but he's the clapper. You know, he's the guy that could never win a playoff game. Um, he's just he's he's a joke. Uh, and the Chargers, I feel like they're just setting themselves up for failure and, and going right from one failure to another. Like, make a splash higher. Hire a, a somewhat nobody, you know? And, and maybe it's not who they fall on, but, geez, when you heard that Jason Garrett uh, news, I was just like, it blew my mind. This is one of those situations where I feel like you go get that college coach. You go get that rule, or you go get that, you know, even Zach Taylor, or somebody that's going to open it up, spread the game out, let – I mean – that. Herbert comes from a spread offense. Just let him distribute the ball. Let him be a point guard. You get Eckler out in space. You, you, that's a running back you could target 10 times a game, no problem. You get Keenan working the slot. Like, I just, I think that's the way wrong move. Um, and I just, I just don't see those styles meshing very well. I mean, I get that he has a quarterback background uh, and he's been pretty good at developing quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen some good quarterback play um, underneath him, but he's not the guy. Like, just stop. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really it's kind of a joke, and you know what they have to they have to interview people. So maybe it's just the first guy that they're kind of interested in. It's certainly not, you know, there, there's no guarantee that they're going to settle on him. But you got to think if they fired Lynn, they at least had some names in mind, and it's telling that he's the first guy that they called. So that'll be my only my only hope is that their real number one target is still coaching in in the playoffs, and right. that's why we haven't heard anything about it, and they're just kind of getting this stuff out of the way. Um. But man, I mean, what what has he done in New York to to warrant that? I mean, all only thing to note is that he beat Washington twice, and uh, he did knock the Cowboys out of the playoffs uh, in that final game. But I mean, geez, I not enough. Um, no. Now, they, now he did have a lot on his shoulders. They lost Saquon Bar- Barkley early on. That offense, let's face it, was really not all that talented to begin with. But still, so, but we've talked about this a lot. They fundamentally did not play to Daniel Jones' strength. Yeah, and Daniel Jones so has it, got, not gotten any better this year. He's just as bad as he was last year. 
That's what worries me the most is they they have a young quarterback and they didn't play to his strengths. 100%. Like if if you have Daniel Jones who ran the fastest speed recorded speed of any quarterback this year, what do you immediately do with him? Quit pretending that he's this white guy pocket passer. He's not. He is a scrambling quarterback. Run that guy with a pistol. Get him out of the get him rolled out of the pocket out on the edge and make cornerbacks and linebackers make the decision either step up on him and he dumps it over top or or they just let him pick up eight yards every time he wants. To. And I do have to I admit, just, you know, they, they didn't have Saquon Barkley, so maybe they were planning more of that, but you didn't really see it when Barkley was there, so I can't imagine that it was coming. Um yeah, I, I it's it's just kind of a joke. Um but Yep, and then the other guy that got fired today, apparently the Jaguars already have a name that they've selected, and I think that this is even more of a train wreck somehow than Jason Garrett. But the Jaguars are rumored to be very interested, and in, in, some people already think it's a done deal. Like, this rumor has is, is gotten so hot. We're talking, it's not even like breaking news or anything. It's been around for over a week. Um, but Urban Meyer, the former and disgraced Let's face it, the disgraced former quarterback of Ohio State and UF. This is a guy. Head coach. Yeah, a head coach that is that has left these programs, these prestigious programs, just literally burning, um, fleeing both times, claiming that he had a heart condition, left for medical reasons. The UF one was just the biggest joke ever. Like, he, he left UF, went to ESPN, commentated for one year, and then the very following year, um, when, when they dumped their head coach, he was the head coach of Ohio state. He has connections with Ohio state. If you don't think that was planned, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, the guy is a, it's just a slime ball. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, he's never, to my knowledge, I, I don't think he's coached at the NFL level. He never has. Uh, so I just, after that period of time away, uh, I just don't see that that being a, a good fit for anybody. I don't know why that's the guy you could rush out. And again, we talked about, you know, the attractiveness in this job for, I think it was number three on your list, number two on mine. You can go out and get pretty much your pick. You have the tools. You, you say, Hey, you know, here's the draft pick. We're probably going to end up with fields or, or Lawrence really our, our pick, whatever we want out of those two, we, we kind of control our own destiny and you're going to throw it away on, on urban Meyer. Um, who hasn't shown again, to your point, the character of, of really sticking it out when shit gets tough. And they're in the middle of a rebuild. It is what it is. It's not going to be easy. They're not going to just walk in and, and have it under control. Um, for an owner that's just so does everything right besides football, it's just terrible to see how bad he is at football. Yep. He's a complete slime ball. I mean, I think I think the guy's a piece of shit, and, and character is something you have to look for in head coach. Now, you could argue Bill Belichick isn't of the highest character, um, and, and he certainly does produce a lot of wins. But, I mean... Bill, let's face it, Urban Meyer is not Bill Belichick. He's not this genius. No, and, and when it comes to character, I don't like gamesmanship and bending rules. Yeah, versus looking the other way. What you? I mean, not to dig too much into it, but you can't tell me there weren't warning signs that Aaron Hernandez wasn't doing what he was doing. Yeah, for for real. Yep, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, obviously, uh, there's some other people on that team that. Had issues at Ohio State with with, with uh, violations and and, and uh, illegal proceeds and, and players getting compensation they weren't supposed to. It's just trouble follow, seems to follow him. And you know what? I'm about to say something really unfair. This is really unfair. And, and you know what? Maybe this isn't Urban Meyer. But let's think about the coaches that he coached in college in their NFL careers. So you got to start at Utah with Alex Smith. 
other that, players, yeah, yeah. That's the guy that he started out with. I mean, now, it's is it his fault that Alex Smith was, for all intents and purposes, a bust at the number one pick? No, it wasn't. Um, and maybe he deserves the credit for elevating Alex Smith to that point. But then he moves on to Tebow, another bust in the NFL. Um, I think he recruited Driscoll and then went to Ohio State, and then it was just a slew of busts. Uh, JT Barrett, um, uh, what? Wow, God, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, I think he inherited Terrell Pryor. Literally every quarterback he's coached did not do well in the NFL, and and I'm sure that's unfair. But what I'm saying is he he hasn't he didn't develop and get these NFL products ready for the NFL. So maybe there's something well, to that. Maybe there's not. And that's I mean, and he was at I mean outside of Utah when he was at Florida and Ohio State, he was at prestigious universities. He was able to recruit. I know recruiting was kind of his main thing. Yep. You don't get to recruit in the NFL, right? You don't exactly. you don't get to, to to attract people to Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, there's there's parity and there's competition and it's really it comes down to management and game pl- and game planning and those have never from my watching of college football never really seemed to be his his strengths. Sure. Yep. And then the Falcons, of course, um, we knew. I mean, we knew the Falcons were going to make the wrong move, and it's not a guarantee. But there certainly are a lot of warning signs that they are interested in hiring Raheem Morris. Um, at head coach. Uh, if you don't know who Raheem Morris is, uh, his last head coaching gig was with the Bucks. Let's just say it did not end well. He is somewhat of a train wreck. Um, and his record with the Falcons has not even been good. Um, he inherited a, I think, zero team or win team, or maybe one win. But it's not like he finished the, the season even that strong. So what do you think about this? Is that just a huge mistake for the Falcons even be considering Morris? It's always interesting to me because they got to watch that implosion when he was with the Bucks in division. So they had a front row seat to it. I don't, I don't understand what they saw from him lining up against him, taking free wins, thinking, mm, yeah, that's going to be our guy in five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I know they're also interested in a combination. Apparently, for some reason, there's a lot of people that think that Dorsey and Benemy, the uh, the OC from that's in Kansas City right now, that he's they're somehow a package deal. Um, they're interested in the pair of them, and and I think that uh, Houston is also interested in both of them, uh, which I kind of get from a, from my understanding of you know Dorsey having a ton of experience, and then Benemy being a brand new head coach. I, I could see why that that pairing makes sense. Uh, I love them for Houston. Taking yeah. on to Watson, I think that's a perfect guy for Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I, I don't know that Atlanta gets them because, again, we talked about Houston being a more, much more attractive job than Atlanta. Um, they're going to fuck this up. Yep. Like, there's just no way around it. And it's, it's uh, what can you say? I mean, at this point, when, when you do the same thing over and over again, it's hard to feel any empathy for him. Yeah, when you look at their season, uh, so he did inherit a winless team coming in, uh, which, of course, Dan Quinn. Uh, they, they trashed the Vikings the first game, and then from then on, they beat the Panthers. Okay. Um, you know, they, they beat the Broncos. Who cares? Uh, they trashed the Raiders. It's by far their biggest win of the season. And, yeah, you know what? It, this was at the end of November when the Raiders were pretty hot. So that's a pretty big win. But then from there... It's just a series of quality losses. They lose by five to the Saints. They lose by three to the Chargers. Uh, they lose by four to the Bucks. They lose by three to the Chiefs. Yeah, those are quality losses, but there's no such thing as a quality loss in the NFL. So more, no, more has to go. There's no voting. You don't get bonus points. The, you know, the, the Associated Press isn't weighing in on that. Like a loss is a loss. Yep. So uh, the one good thing I do, I, I, I've seen some pretty good, a lot of smoke around them being linked to Rick Smith, 
who was the Texans GM uh, before his wife got sick and, and he left football. Um, and then Bill O'Brien ran that team into the ground. But what he had before that was was strong. He brought in J.J. Watt. He brought in a lot of the, the pieces and built the core that, that had the Texans kind of at the top of the AFC for a period of time. Um, so that would, I think would be a great move for them if they do pull the trigger on, on that and, and for, you know, manage to attract him. Um, uh, but outside of that, I just, I'm not confident that they're going to do anything to move forward. Yeah. I actually like him a lot too. Uh, anybody responsible for building a team that could take Matt Schaub to the AFC championship deserves a lot of credit. Um, hundred percent. That, that team was freakishly good. I mean, you, you look at that linebacking core, uh, they, they couldn't stay off the roids that linebacking core. Uh, core, but holy shit, were they good. Um, yep. Just a great overall team. Uh, that's when, obviously, they had uh, Arian Foster, and that was just a fantastic team from top to bottom. Matt Schaub sure. was just good enough to pull them along. Honestly, they were so good, they kind of remind me of the current day Colts. Um, but that, that that's for, you know, a completely different topic. Um, but there's a lot of hot names out there. I'm just going to spit some off. Uh, tell me who, who you like the, these guys, or if you like these guys, and if you like where they're going. So Lewis Riddick, who's actually currently the uh, he's the Monday night he's one of the Monday night cor- uh, actual commentators for ESPN. Um, he's been mentioned a lot in connection with the Lions. It's kind of bizarre. Um, Robert Salah, who's the 49ers defensive coordinator, who let's face it, put up a very respectable year with tons of injuries on, and he's just been good for several years. Um, you got Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator. And a couple other guys, you, you you built this list. Who do you like the best out of them? And where do you want them to go? So for me, if, if I'm Lewis Riddick, I stay at ESPN. Because the, the pay is commensurate to what you would make in the NFL anyways. Prob- probably in some cases a little higher. Uh, and you don't have the, the stress of building a team. You don't have the stress of fans complaining. You just get to be on TV. Someone does a lot of the prep for you. You just get to, you know, it's a lot of reading. I, I think that's... It's a cushy job. I, I would definitely, it would take a, I think he's a kind of in a Gruden situation where he can just flirt with the NFL till his price climbs and climbs and climbs. And then finally some dumb team like the, the Raiders come by and give you a deal. You can't refuse uh, 10 years guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you think you, if you don't think that Gruden slightly regrets that, I mean, he, he was the highest paid commentator in all sports. Um, it was kind of insane. And actually, uh, Ryan Rosillo talks about it all the time, how he used to entertain offers every single offseason because ESPN would drive up his salary. I mean, he had a good thing going. Um, I don't think they're going to keep Reddick as the Monday night commentator next year, So, but he could bounce into another role and probably still be happy. Um, 100%. My thing about Reddick is his biggest gaffe ever, and it's embarrassing and it's recent, is he was very vocal about saying that, um, God, what's his name from uh, Washington that just got cut why i'm so freaking oh, haskins so he was he was very vocal about saying that haskins was far and away the best quarterback in that draft he did not like kyler murray he loved haskins so that's fucking bad i don't like anybody if you're the lions and you're gonna be looking for your next quarterback get that stank the hell out of here that's that's terrible yeah i i agree 100 um i'm a big fan of salah yeah i, I think that he has a strong resume and you look at for fits though. I mean, Houston probably wants to go offensive minded. The Chargers want to go offensive minded. Jaguars could probably go either way. Lions don't really know what their blueprint's going to be. But I think if the Jets want to stay with Darnold, Darnold's the kind of quarterback who has enough talent to 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 not lose games. He can manage games, kind of a game manager plus. You have the draft capital. If you do decide to trade back, that's your guy. 
build an out just a very talented athletic defense yep. and just just shut people out and hey sam Darnold, can you get us 20 points a game yeah to be honest i love salah going to the chargers um i i don't know why he isn't the first guy they interviewed uh i don't like jason garrett at all like we've already talked about it but salah to me like there's a lot of talent on that chargers defense i think he could come in day one like if you're telling me even without Derwin James, if he couldn't have coached that Chargers defense better just this year, and the Chargers defense was fucking terrible this year, like really, really, really bad. So um, I really like him to come to the Chargers because we already know the Chargers already got the offense. If he could come in there and spark that defense and just be a top 15 group, I mean, we're talking the Chargers could compete as soon as next year, be a 13-team win, possibly even better. Um, yeah, so, I think the only caveat there is you, you got to make sure your offensive coordinator or your quarterback's coach is is extremely quarterback development minded because you don't want there you don't want there to be any gaps there. Sure, um, if you can get a guy that can can just babysit Herbert. Yeah, I think I think Salah's a great fit. Yep. In fact, out of all these guys, he's he's the guy I like the best out of, out of everyone that's floating around there. Um, guys that could potentially take the reins. I I love him. I absolutely love yeah. Him. It's kind of a weird combination. The jobs that are open, um, I, I think a lot of those teams are going to look offensive-minded. So he might not be the best fit for what they're trying to do. Right. But as far as is what coach is the most NF, like head coach ready, he's, he's head and shoulders above everybody else, in my opinion. Sure. Anything else to say about these guys? Uh, I think Benemy is a really good fit for the Texans. Um, so he worked with Mahomes. He you know, kind of helped manage that high-flying offense. I think they could have solved something similar. Um, that's the one thing you look at the, the, what KC has, and outside of Tyree Kill and, and Kelsey, the rest of those wide receivers are they're, they're just guys. I think. Yeah. I think McCole Hard. I think McCole Hardman is just a guy. Right. Sammy Watkins is at this point is just a guy. So you can really get the most out of talent around him. I think that's a, a huge fit. Um, the giant. The, or sorry, the Jets seem to be looking at at college football for their for their next potential candidate they're looking at the guy at iowa looking at pat fitzgerald at northwestern i don't know if that's the right move um i, I again i would like to see them go kind of more defensive minded maybe martindale in dc uh or even just look further upstate and, and get brian dable out of buffalo i think a lot of the things that josh allen does well i think sam darnold could do well he's a mobile guy he's got a big arm like i, th- I think there's a lot of parallels uh now he, he's like walmart brands uh, josh allen right. but I think there's enough overlap that that could be a good fit. Sure. Yep. Um, and you know what? I got to move back to it. Uh, this is a guy that was not fired, but I still don't think we've seen the end of this guy. He made the playoffs, funny enough. Playoffs? But fucking A, if he, it's not like he won a game to get in the playoffs. He slid in the playoffs because the Cardinals are terrible. That's another story, by the way. Why isn't Kingsbury on the hot seat? Two disappointing seasons. You can forgive him for the first, but this is a talented team. The fact that they were this bad is just ridiculous. That that, that but that's for the main pod. Uh, but Nagy is nowhere near in the clear at this point. Um, he goes in the playoffs with a loss, a pretty embarrassing loss, uh, with the quarterback that he failed to develop, the quarterback that he didn't actually draft, but he inherited it in, in his second year, and he had a better rookie year without him than he did with him. So Matt Nagy. What do you think about him? And uh, does he have to win a playoff game to, to, to save his job? I don't know that he necessarily has to win a playoff game, but if they look bad, I, I think he's done. Right. Um, I don't I don't think sliding into the playoffs backwards in an expanded field and being the seventh team in should save your job. And I think you're 100% right. I think if they miss the playoffs, he, he got fired today. 
Um, so I think he's in trouble. I think he needs to win. If he wins a game, they're going to keep him because it, it it's really bad optics to fire a guy who wins who wins a playoff game. But if they lose, especially embarrassingly, he, I, th- I think he's done. And that's another guy. I think he's a coordinator. I, I don't know that he's a head coach. Yeah, and actually, that that's kind of, I hate to say it, but um, we were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, uh, another guy that's going to be c- coming out of here and, and is going to be a candidate for a job. For me, you got to be weary about people that are under the tutelage of other geniuses. Andy Reid, there's been a lot of busts under Andy Reid. There's been a lot of busts under Bilicek. Um, so I, I think you got to be a little bit worried. When Matt Nagy first came out, he looked like a genius, man. Uh, they they had that great first season with with Trubisky. Uh, I think they won thir- thirteen games, and then they've just looked garbage ever since. Trubisky looks lost. He's actually gone backwards in his development. He looked better in his first two years than he looked any other year. Uh, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Such a huge failure when they look at that draft uh, and the fact that they could add Watson, they could add Mahomes. They didn't. They had Trubisky, and they fumbled his development. So Nagy, to me, I think if he doesn't win this playoff game, I think you have to can him. They, that that yeah. team has so much talent. The fact that they and they lose Allen Robinson next year, like this team kind of falls apart next year. So I, I just don't like them, and they're not going to be any better next year. So it's it's only going to get worse from here, in my opinion. I'm, I'm with you 100%, and I, and I think you make a good point. Like you got to be careful to kind of determine, is this guy who's holding the clipboard? Yep. Or is he, especially when it aligns to that coach's strength. Like right now for the Patriots, we have a combination of Gerard Mayo, former linebacker and player for Bill Belichick, and his son, his son Steve Belichick, calling the plays. Yeah. <laughs> Are those guys, should they be on anybody's shortlist yep. for a D.C. job? I don't no. know. Steve Belichick <laughs> seems like he's got great chemistry with the rest of the coaching staff. He seems like a guy that'd be a real player's coach. <laughs> Honestly, like there, there's he, he. So he came up with the secondaries, uh, safeties coach, like specifically just the safeties, not the corners, and they loved him. So he's kind of a weird players guy with a mullet. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's something to Bill Belichick's off-puttedness that seems to make people laugh and they some people dig it uh steve bilicek he just looks like a total creep but maybe there's something to that maybe you got to be kind of creepy to be successful in the nfl i don't know <laughs> all right buddy it's black friday a lot of bad situations black monday, monday yeah, sorry monday. black monday keep fucking saying don't, friday don't, don't rush out and trample yeah. people for television exactly there's no, there's no televisions there's no televisions being up for sale just head coaching positions so all right buddy well talk to you later in the uh the other pod but this has been the black fry or black monday god damn it i'm terrible black monday special uh, don't fuck it up guys see ya <laughs>